there's a nice little restaurant on White Street in Red Bank that I had my eye on for a while. It opened about a year ago and I saw that it was farm to table. So I decided to try it. And that experience made me decide we need to do a podcast with these chefs. The meal was incredible. And we got them in and this is our podcast with Semolina. All right, so today we have a special guest. We have Chuck Lesbrall of Semolina Restaurant. And um, we're excited, I'm excited especially, this is Debbie, because I ate there a few weeks ago and it was delicious. I, would, I think I would have sat there for two hours if I could have. <laughs> we were going to a play later that night, but it was so delicious that I wanted to try everything. So we're excited to have you here to talk about Semolina and the background and your brother who you work with is Tyler, who you both co-own Semolina. And Tell us about it, because when Debbie raved about it, I was so excited to find out about local restaurant that was doing Farm to Table. So just give us a little background on uh, why why Farm to Table and how it came about. Basically, the whole Farm to Table concept came up is there's so many farms in the area, mm-hmm. and I just feel like everything is underutilized. New Jersey is produce, not even just produce, meats, fish, everything's underutilized. It's all... A lot of big companies, there's like the Fulton Fish Market in New York, there's the Philadelphia Fish Market, but there's so much just from New Jersey that a lot of restaurants don't use in the area. And I just just want to promote all those fishermen, farms, cattle, pigs, all those people, and just show the state that this is right in our back door. Yeah. The Garden Um, State. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. So Semolina came about, I have a love for fresh pastas. Semolina flour and Semolina, you know, restaurant just kind of clicked. And, yeah. and that's pretty much why the restaurant's, the menu's set up the way it is. Could you tell me um, more about the, is Semolina a better flour than other flours? Is it, does it have a rich history? Is it older? It's is there, just your standard. And it, it runs off the tongue beautifully. Italian, <laughs> yeah, Italian pasta flour they use. Um, and yeah, it does. It, it rolls off the tongue nice. It sounds awesome. Our logo is the wheat. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. wheat branch. And uh, kind of like the food is simple. Yeah. Simple and delicious. That's what we go for. Yeah. We often, here at Nourish, we often hear people talk about how confusing food is. And at Nourish, we also believe in simplicity. We believe that the getting back to the earth and the real food is really, you know, where health begins. And so that's one of the reasons why you're here with us. <laughs> right. So basically, like, when we come up with a dish or, um, you know, new menu item, we usually put, to, put it together and then we're like, all right, let's take, you know, take at least one thing out of it. Oh, or two interesting. Things oh, interesting. A lot of our dishes are focused around one ingredient, really. Um, like right now, we have a Hudson Valley steelhead trout, which mm. is farmed right in Hudson Valley, New York. Um, and it's like our version of salmon, which is a very popular item. Right. Um, but we serve it with an asparagus, a chilled asparagus brodo, and a shaved asparagus and herb salad. So it's asparagus broth, asparagus salad, and the trout, grilled right. trout. So it's and really that's all you need. Yeah. And, you know, you just put a couple in, like in the broth, there's, there's only five, six ingredients and that's it. 
Yeah. And you're highlighting asparagus because highlighting it's a asparagus. spring crop. Yep. Yep. Trying to highlight the Hudson Valley. Right. Um, we try and keep, now that it's spring and everything's popping up. Right. Yeah. We're really focused on getting our menu back to like 95% local ingredients. Nice. And yeah. The only five reason their five percent isn't local is because our flour comes from our pasta flour is from Italy, our olive oil is from Italy. It's, it's one of those things you just can't touch. Yeah. Right. I mean, you we know? have to respect certain regions for being so, experts. Right. Of course. You know, and where your history comes from. Right. right. So. Can you tell me something about the flour as well? So I, this is Wendy speaking, and I have you know I'm I'm one of those ones who suffers from the American gluten and just don't feel well with it. Can you? Is there a difference when I come to your restaurant because it comes uh, from Italy? So, one, all pasta flour from Italy is certified organic. In America, it's GM, non-GMO. In Italy, it's OGM. They, yeah, so um, it just it's hard to explain without actually rolling out a dough ball what <laughs> difference the flour makes. Right. That's um, interesting, yeah. Yeah, so... It's drier, mealier, maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, I just feel it just so. Come it, try it. Is what you're doing. Just come <laughs> yes. experience it right, and see right, how you feel right. and respond and exactly. react. Yeah. Right. Well, Excellent. I noticed. I went to France a couple of years ago, and I, I'm not intolerant of wheat, but I know if I eat if I eat it every day for a long time, I start to feel a little bit bloated, and so I stay away from it most of the time when I'm here eating, unless I get really good quality stuff like at Semolina restaurant. But I did notice in France, I ate, I was eating croissants, I was eating, I was eating bread, I was eating whatever else they have, you know, all over the place. I was eating crips and it was, I did not feel bloated at all. And I just assumed just like Italy, their wheat is different. They use different wheat. It's, it's probably better for us if I was not feeling it. And the few times I've eaten Italian semolina wheat here, I've been fine as well. So I think so there's a difference. I think it's more of a lot of our native products from the United States are, some are chemically engineered, but there's always some sort of, it was mass produced at one point. Right. So, you know, yeah. you have to do something to make it bigger, make it grow and, and more stable on the shelf, you know, right. and, prof and profitable for right. these companies. So I think there was a time where it was grow as much as you can, yep. sell as much as you can Absolutely. and do whatever you have to do to get there. Right. And now we're going back to quality. And yes. When we were researching your restaurant, just the idea that, you know, it's a small restaurant, 15 tables. And so can you be, can you be a different kind of chef in a smaller place than you were when you were? So a little bit of my history is I, I started off as David Burke from Monterey mm -hmm. when he first took it over a Raven and the Peach and most recently, Ama, mm -hmm. and they were 200, no, yeah. 150 to 200 seats restaurants. Right. All really good um, restaurants, too. Yeah, super <laughs> yeah, excellent. All, all quality. Yeah. And um, it was kind of just like less is more is really how we looked at it. And uh, yes, you can definitely control quality a lot easier. Mm. Um my brother and I, we've worked together for 10 years, so we're always on the same page with everything. Um, that makes it easier. So, yeah, you can just really oversee everything. You're touching everything that comes through the door for deliveries. You're seeing it all. Um, 
And you have catering, you do catering as well, or is it so just Sem the restaurant? So Semolina came about, I left AMA in, in June of 2017, um, and my wife, who does invitation, custom invitations and gifts, um, a lot of her businesses are small parties, invitations and stuff, and somebody asked her, you know, where's Chuck at, what's he doing now, and, you know, oh, he's just doing some modern engines, will he cater a baby shower? I was like... Hell yeah, let's do it. Semolina, bam. And we did catering for about a year. A little over a year, we took over um, the restaurant on White Street, June of 2018. And the plan originally was to, my brother would run the restaurant and I would run catering. We quickly found out that we didn't have enough room to do that. Wow. And it just became the sole focus was the restaurant. Right. Okay, that's good. Um, right. So we're hoping in a few years to find a spot just for catering or yeah. expand the kitchen just for catering mm -hmm. and that. So Tyler's your brother. Is he also a chef? He is. We're okay. both chefs. We're, one of us is always in the kitchen. Okay. Uh, on the weekends, we're both in the kitchen. Right. Did you go to school together too? Uh, we both went to Brookdale okay. for culinary, uh, just at different times. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's, it's um, so interesting that you're both so interested in the same thing. Yeah. He, he started working with me. At, I forget which restaurant, but just as a busser and then when he was in high school and was just like I think I want to do this too and went to culinary school and we kind of just yeah worked together since he's been cooking for the most part he branched off and did a few things on his own uh -huh. but when we started looking for a spot it was kind of like let's do something together yeah and it's been so. working out well it's almost a year now you Yep. You've yeah. survived the brotherhood <laughs> in the kitchen, and it yeah, it gets hairy at sometimes, but <laughs> I'm sure um, it's yeah. At the end of the day, it's it's all good. Yeah, I mean, there's something to having family, and especially brothers. There's there's a common interest. I mean, you know each other on a level that you could never know anybody else. You can call each other on things, you know, and you forgive each other for things. It's there's definitely a lot of benefits. I I mean, I see that in just my goings on and seeing that we know we've interviewed a couple of brothers who run a farm, um, Pajoli Farms. I don't know if you've heard of them. Um, they're in Howell. This is their first growing season at Pajoli Farms. And they're, they're so organic. we'll get you guys connected. Yeah, yeah, yeah good guys. Um, yeah. So they're, they're two brothers working together too. And so we interviewed them. We have a podcast you can listen to their, their interview. And it's, it, you know, there's lots of things. We said, how is it working together? And they pretty much said the same thing you just did. If you go on our Instagram, a lot of our posts have a hashtag family feeding family. Yeah. And that's kind of you know, what we're focused on. Love that. We kind of built a family with all of our employees, you know, my brother and I, my wife works at the restaurant, all our, our manager, Monica, we've worked together for six years. She's the godmother of my child. Nice. So she's part of our family. Everyone's part of the family. We've all worked together and we all just grown real close. Good. That so. sounds like a tight, well-run kitchen to me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Very tight. And the kitchen itself is very tight. <laughs> so it's about the third of the size of the dining room. Ah. All right, so, so that's got to be a challenge too, because you went in there. It was already it was already set up as a restaurant. It was already set up as a restaurant. We did some work. We added some soundboards. We painted, put some pictures up, and opened, and didn't do an ounce of advertising. It's all been word of mouth. Yeah. Um, and we're like three weeks out on a reservation for Friday and Saturdays from like six thirty to eight thirty. Excellent. So, all right, we'll have to remember that. Yeah. <laughs> so weeknights are definitely. Way to go yeah. okay. to get an easy reservation. Okay. Like most nights. And the pictures you have up are so unique and neat. We were looking at those while we were sitting there. They Yum. <laughs> Do you have, is there any background so, on that? Three of the, the paintings of the cows are 
a good friend of my wife's and I, she painted them. And then I was just like, yeah, I like the whole cow thing, yeah. and the animal thing. And we found uh, we found the other wall with uh, has cows and there's a llama and there's a pig with flowers on right, their head. It's just right. kind of something funky. So yeah. you're kind of like, all right, simple, like real clean, nice painted pictures of cows and then funky. Yeah, a little whimsical. Changed it, yeah. yeah, it changed it up a little bit. Right. Yeah, it adds a little levity, I guess you'd say. Not that it's a serious, you know, you don't go in and say, oh, this is a serious place, but it just, you walk yep. in, there's definite mood of... And we try, like, my thing was, I kind of was always fine dining white tablecloths, and mm. I was, I was like, screw that. Like, there's no reason why people can't go into a restaurant, have good food, you know, reasonable price, and casual. Yeah. I mean, if somebody wants to walk in with, you know board shorts and a t-shirt and flip-flops and, and eat a bowl of pasta. Hell yeah, sit right down and eat it, you know. That's right. Like a family table, again, yeah. just kind of come as you are. Yeah. yeah come yeah. as the person you are. Right. That's great. I mean, there's definitely places for that white tablecloth thing, but I think especially now, even the generation, the millennial generation and so forth, we're, we're a little bit more casual than we used to be. Yeah, definitely. You know, and I think that you can have really, really good food in a, an atmosphere that's not tie and dress. It's nice to hear. It's refreshing. Tell us about how the creations come about. Is it led by, so it's led by the seasons, but who gets... It's mostly led just... by whatever ingredients are available mm -hmm. at that time. We change them. We change two to four items on the menu every week, um, especially now since everything's, you know, popping up in, in the tri-state area. Um but yeah, it's really driven by the email I get from the vendors. Um, the head is available this week, and boom, you know, what can we do with it? What can we change? Mm -hmm. So, what's one of your favorite things to cook? Pasta. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, outside so, of so I work. Outside I pasta. work, and that's from like, the beginning the to the end. The station is like my station. Okay. So yeah, that's my thing. Yeah, it's pasta. And making different different shapes for Just the different, different sauces so like, and um at San Molina we do, all our pastas are an egg dough part yolk part whole eggs and um they're all made we use a machine like a cutter mm -hmm. basically we use a kitchen aid to cut like our fettuccine and stuff but our tortellinis are all done by hand they're all rolled by hand and, and then ran through the cutter um so that's kind of I just feel like uh the egg dough gives a little more of a bite, mm -hmm. but it's still soft. And, this reminds uh, me of my grandmother's egg noodle recipe, which was also yeah, and that's know, homemade, of... and my mom taught me, and we would have it Thanksgivings and right. yeah. So yeah, that's pastas. That's by far. <laughs> so we don't we don't like we don't have an ex pasta extruder, so it's it's all just egg yolk. And rolled or hand formed nice. pasta, yeah. And so you make that fresh daily. Every day, every day we're rolling pasta. I I imagine to some degree, you tell me you get tired of it one day, but other days it's meditative. Like, tell us about the process of making dough every day. What's that like? <laughs> so first thing that I do when I get there is make our prep list, and then the second thing is dough balls, and then. You know, we roll out our dough, eat our dough by hand, and then uh, let it rest for two hours, three hours, and then rock and roll. Mm -hmm. So, and I imagine the kind of 
pastas that you're making depend on what food you're going to be serving because different pasta shapes. Right, different and, pasta shapes, right. you know, go well with different sauces. And, and uh, so, yeah, they change, you know, all the time. Right. We have, like, squid ink pasta on the menu right now. Uh-huh. I'll do a lot with, like, parsley or, or even whole wheat. And right now, it's more lighter pastas being in the summer, lighter sauces and things like yep. that. So, so, so like we, we're transitioning right now. Right now, we have a pork and mushroom ragu. Uh-huh. So it's it's a light meat sauce, which is good for on days like today where it's there's still a little chill in the air, right. but it's still if it's warmer, it's still not crazy heavy to eat. Right. But yeah, we do a lot with vegetables. We have a pea and cashew tortellini on the menu. Mm-hmm. Chitaro with a basil pesto and Maryland crab. Nice. Yeah, crabs um, are just starting yeah. to come in now. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, we have the squid ink with local chopped clams. Kind of like our version of red clam sauce uh-huh. with squid ink linguine. Um, but again, like local clams. Right. With ricotta ravioli uh, with um, with batarga and fava beans. The batarga we did in-house. Uh-huh. We had shadro, which is very short season. Oh, cool. From beginning of March to probably about the middle of March, we got a bunch of shadow and cured uh-huh. it, dried it. So now it's basically grated on a microplane right That's on top of so the pasta. Cool. So it's, yeah, it's like taking something, the target is big in Italy. Yeah. And they do it with tuna roe. Okay. Just like a salty, so, kind of so salty now, flavor. Yeah, it's got salty, little fishy. Oh. Um, Sounds umami. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, cavatelli. Right now, a local broccoli rob. And we were switching it from, we just had this new, kind of new thing that I've never seen before. It's called collard rob. It's basically collard greens, and there's the rob that formed from the collard greens. Oh, so, I've never seen that. Oh, so it's collard crazy. greens so, have so, flowered somehow. Exactly. And that's like, that's, yeah, just let them grow, and it flowers, and it forms these buds. Yeah. And it was... That's happened in my garden. <laughs> yeah. Now yeah. So, and Higher on we the used it, and it was, it was awesome. I thought it was so much better than broccoli rob, but now we're we're back to broccoli oh, rob. Interesting. But um, and that's the other thing too is like trying different ingredients. Yeah, being and creative. Something funky. Like over the winter, like we did a, a chocolate pasta with um a pork ragu. Oh, interesting. And then um the dried figs that we tried from fig season. Yeah. Um, but it was like salty, bitter. We used bittersweet chocolate powder in the in the pasta dough, and then. Was sweet from the, the dried fruit. Yeah, and that sounds good too. Was, <laughs> right, perfect for winter. Too. And what I found, like a lot of the dishes that I'm like, oh, we always try and do like one or two like funky things, mm-hmm. different things, and they blow up. They get sold yeah. out fast, yeah. crazy fast. Oh yeah, and yeah. It's just like I knew we sell a couple, but <laughs> what that's, happened? That's yeah. hard to predict. You know, it's yeah. sort of this balance of you have to have some kind of basic things on there because you're always going to have people coming in looking for basic stuff. Right. And then you got to have some unique stuff. Exactly. So, yeah, that's a, I can't imagine that's a difficult balance it's, and to it's, keep. And it, yeah, it's, it's hard to keep that. Yeah. Between, you know, appetizers, entrees, and pastas, we only have 18 items on the menu. Right. So it's, it's tough to do that. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that, I mean, when, that's what I found when I went in there. I mean, I'm a foodie, so I eat out a lot, and I go to lots of restaurants, especially new ones, especially when they're farm to table, and I don't eat red meat, so my menu is always at least cut in half anyway, so it's always a challenge for me to find there, but at your restaurant, I, I could have ordered almost everything off of it. There was, I think there was only two things on there that I wouldn't be eating, and it was just, it was amazing to have that opportunity, and, and okay, given, I know you change your menu from here to there, but it was 
refreshing to me that everything looked delicious to me. Yes, so. so we keep like, there's a couple staples that we keep um, our pork chop, which we do a baking jam on it. And probably we change like what comes with it, but right. they'll most likely always be served with baking jam at this point just because <laughs> it's so people popular. describe it as meat butter. Oh, well, right. Pork butter. Yeah. Um, That's why I got to like, bring we'll, my husband there. Well, <laughs> like we'll always have scallops on the menu, but they're all, they're also local scallops. Right. So, um, you know, there's always a couple staples we change, you know, what's served with them up, mm -hmm. but they're always there. Yeah. Quite sort of we always have some things. sort of cheese as an appetizer, whether it be burrata or buffalo mozzarella right. or, or ricotta. Yeah. So. That's great. And where, where do you get your cheeses from, your dairies? Is it one place? Is so it there's a, um, from New York, there's Leone. We, right now we're getting our burrata from. Mm -hmm. um, our ricotta is from Pulper's Farm, which is in Lawrenceville, New Jersey. Okay. And their ricotta is like the bomb. It's the best I've ever Really? I oh, see. Now yeah, we're gonna have to go had, and try it. I mean, yeah. I've made it. I, you know, had a bunch of different ones. It's just creamy enough. It's just the perfect amount of moisture. It's awesome. So we have to use it, and yeah. it's local, which is even better. Even better, right? All right, gotta have some of that. Yeah, really local. Check. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. And your seafood comes from a lot of the seafood. So we use. It's all local. I use two vendors: local one thirty and Lusty Lobster. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they've been around. They really make my life easier. Yeah. Hey, this is local. It's it's awesome right now. It's, right. You know, use it up. That's right. So yeah, and that's Great. what we do. But yeah. How about your desserts? Do you have, do you do them or we do you have somebody everything else? Everything is made in house. Okay. Great. Everything is made in house. Um, right now our most popular dessert is our caramel budino, mm. which is I don't know that caramel pudding. Yeah. Oh, we do with like a chocolate soil, which is almost like a chocolate, chocolate soil. Chocolate use almond flour in it, so it's mm -hmm. it's gluten free dessert. Um, oh, good for you. Yeah, oh, just whipped cream and that. then a big old dollop of sea salt caramel on top. <laughs> and yeah, it's really good. That's I just had a little something to eat, and you're this is really like good. a mouth water. <laughs> yes, you know. <laughs> we're using like I have um, another dessert. We use Pell Farms strawberries which are from connecticut mm -hmm. um new jersey strawberries are just starting to pop yeah. in so um we're starting to transition over to them as mm -hmm. um, we can rely on them more to be readily available right um but yeah just a little marscapone crema and semolina cake we really try and incorporate semolina wherever we can of so course sure. <laughs> chocolate panna cotta and we have fresh zeppelis which is a staple on the menu we'll always have zeppelis right now we're doing uh Rosemary confectioner sugar and lemon curd. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, I like how you're incorporating the herbs like that. That's neat. Yeah, it's herbs. something. And might is besides the caramel budino, which all the other desserts are not overly sweet. Excellent. Um, yeah, I'm not. I have a bad sweet tooth. I just don't like eating a whole bowl of sweets. Right. 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 That's right. So June is coming up, and that's your year anniversary. Where we'll be. You know, yes, airing this. June twenty six so, is will so, be open a year. Congratulations yeah. on that. That's just that's fabulous. Yeah, awesome. And so, how will you how will you celebrate in the restaurant, and how will you celebrate outside the restaurant? Because that's a you know, this is your baby. This is a milestone. It's, it's our baby, but I think we're gonna treat it just like every other <laughs> night, just feed people good food. Yeah. So, that's so amazing. yeah, nothing special, just. What we do every day. Which is special. 
which is yeah, special. It is absolutely yeah. special. Do you have a garden at home? Not that you have time, but... <laughs> Working on it. Okay. <laughs> um, we just moved into our house a year ago. So right. I basically had a baby move and yeah. opened a restaurant literally within two months of Okay. So it was crazy. Yeah, but, uh, I would say so. Yeah, this year we're finally getting a couple of garden boxes in and start small and then yep. every year we'll keep adding to it. Definitely. You know, having... I have teenagers now, but I've always had a garden and watching them, especially when they were little, come in and pick things, you know, and do things and know how food grows. It's so important to get the the new generations to know that the stuff on your plate came from the ground. You know, it's so important. So, you know, I, I still have, I have five, I have five gardens and that I try to manage and I'm just yeah. getting up. I have asparagus that we've been just going crazy with and, but it's such a, it's so rewarding and Right. And like we're gardening, the way I look at it is like we garden on a small scale and there's farmers out there that are doing it on a bigger scale and still putting that love into everything. So like I did a post on our Instagram maybe a few weeks ago about carrot tops, Mm -hmm. just carrot greens. And we use, we put them in our salad mix. Yeah. Why not? They're awesome. And there's somebody on the back end that's picking these carrots, that's nurturing these carrots. That's right. That's our way of showing respect to that farmer. I like that. So, yeah. 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 So we we utilize as much as we can. That's great. From everything we, you know, all our produce. Right. Because you fish. can eat yeah. almost every part so of it. It's, yeah. it's disrespectful if you, you know, you're throwing out carrot tops. Yeah. You know? Right. Perfectly edible. Perfectly edible. Right. So we were, we always even do mixing it and making pasta dough with it. Uh-huh. Neat. So. Yeah. Yeah. It was green pasta dough we did uh did a charred carrot filling where you just slow roasted carrots on the grill and it kind of it almost had like a molasses flavor to it after oh, it was done because of the sugars and caramelizing the sugars and carrots and stuff um and then we did uh yeah the carrot top pasta dough and served it in angelotis nice but yeah there's always i mean as a business owner you always look at something like okay what can i use these scraps for to make money off of but again just being a respectful person to your ingredients you don't you want to use as much as you possibly can right for sure yeah yeah i just read i was somewhere and i read i think it was near whole foods in new york i always saw and it said 40 percent of food in america gets wasted and when I read that, it kind of like hit me in the heart and I thought about how that, that's exactly those kinds of things that people don't think of. They think of not finishing your plate and then throwing it away, but it's, that's probably the least of it. It's more right. like this kind it's of more, thing. Right. Like can we, you know, try and save as much as we can, whether, it, even if it goes into like a compost bucket right. and, and recycle it, recycle it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it all helps. It does. And it's kind of, yeah, it's just being respectful to the person on the other end. Excellent. Well, and I'm sure that comes through in the food and the taste and the vibe and the environment and everything. Thanks for moving into Red Bank. <laughs> Thanks for being a local farm to table, you know, respectful community, part of the community. And we look forward to seeing you thrive. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's been great. Red Bank's been great. Good. Um, funny backstory is my whole culinary career, I've always said, you know, I'll never own a restaurant. I'll <laughs> definitely never own a restaurant at Red Bank. Red Bank has a high turnover at restaurants. Of course it yeah. does. Um, and here I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you are. Now I wouldn't have it any other way. Good. I'm not going to say I never won't have a, a bigger restaurant with a liquor license, but right now I don't. I'll never. I don't want anything bigger. I don't want 
anything different. It fits yeah. for you right now. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. perfect. That's great. So. Yeah, and there's a there's several restaurants in Red Bank that are institutions because they've been here for so long because they're mm-hmm. they're good, you know, and I, I can see that being there, especially because you're kind of tucked away a little bit, you know, yeah. you're not right out into everything, and it's kind of like this is the place you gotta you, you gotta find it, and it's worth worth yeah. finding it, so it's nice. And so Semolina and semolina.com, and then your Instagram semolina is also semolinarestaurant.com. Okay, and our Instagram tag is at semolinaNJ. Okay. All right. Got it. So share. Share we have away. a lot of food pictures on her. It's mostly food. Of course. As it should be. Yep. <laughs> That's what we're all about. All about the food and good service. And the casual atmosphere. Yep. That's it. Thank you so much for coming in. We look forward to dining at your restaurant. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. Keep the conversation going at nourishcoaches.com. And stay tuned for more Nourish Noshes as we continue our quest to make the world a healthier place.